Today on the Diojo podcast, a tale of two litigation experiences, two very different litigation experiences, and where they are similar and where they diverge, and the lessons contractors can learn from both. Does working through the insurance process ever make you mad? Oh, I am so irritated. Do not fear. The Diojo podcast is here. We are a specialized trade in the construction industry. Yeah. We all should act like contractors. Yes. And we should be professional in our state as our state regulates us too. And we should utilize everything that is in our power in order to protect ourselves from a customer screwing us over. Before we get started in this story, these two stories, really... Uh, just wanted to make you aware if you are on the Diojo mailing list, I have sent out an end of year survey. Would love to get your feedback. What we're doing well, <laughs> not much. <laughs> nice try. And what we could improve, pretty much all of it. No, correction. Terrible try. Um, I posted on our last episode one of the reviews we got from iTunes. I would like to remind you, if you consume podcasts, especially those that are for free, free, one thing you could do that helps any podcaster out, whether it's our podcast, one of the many great podcasts from within our industry, uh, whether that's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all of the above, if you subscribe, that really helps. If you watch a video, just click that dang like button. That helps a lot. That helps things get moved down the line and improved. And then if you leave a review, the review that I read last week, you know, asking to be a little bit more like all the other podcasts, I do take in the input. I know for the longest time we've had a lot of trouble getting the audio correct. I don't know what we're yelling about! And have fixed, I believe, most of that. So now... A lot of the feedback, the most vociferous listeners um, are asking for us to dial it back on some of the craziness. So their voices are going to be the ones that has heard the loudest that I will have to consider and contemplate whether altering anything. So if you like the craziness, if you have some constructive uh, feedback, now is the time. Please always share. I Honestly, I think a one star and a three star are just as good as a five star in the sense that it gives feedback to the art but then maybe loop back we are creating content delivered to you for free for free <laughs> your feedback is appreciated it is read and listened to already have several people that have um, reported back in from the survey that we sent out so thank you for that that is very helpful you can find that also links to that on our website that would be great okay if you're brand new to the game or you've been doing this for a while, the Diojo podcast. That's going to help you find your dang learning curve. I don't know what in the hell's going on. The Diojo podcast. Prior episodes of the Diojo podcast, we've been talking about a case out of Texas. An Arlington construction company says it worked around the clock last February to clean up a flooded school. Months later, it says it has yet to be paid. Robert Jordan Construction, RJC, versus the Arlington Independent School District. In that case, Robert Jordan Construction responded to flooding after winter storm Uri hit the area in 2021. They thought they had agreement about the scope and the cost. Come to find out that was not the case. We've been unlocking some of those pieces as many of as we've been able to find in the court documents. So it's brought to light some questions, some 
teachable moments for contractors, especially maybe those who are new or newer to larger projects or working with claims where multiple parties are involved, not just the customer and the insurance company. Now we got the manager of this department, the manager of that department, the school board, third-party consultants. What we're talking about today, which I think is so important. You are hearing the voice of Whitney Wiseman out of Palm Beach, Florida. Do your job, do your documentation, be transparent, and be a stand-up contractor. And if you do those things, you shouldn't end up in a situation like Homeboy did out in Texas. And now for case number two. A case came across the desk here at the Diojo podcast. It's called Conway Construction versus the City of Puyallup. Some of you may recognize that is the town that I currently reside in, just outside of Tacoma, which is just south of Seattle in Washington, the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Are you aware that when a contract is terminated, there's two terms. It can be terminated for cause, which is uh, by default of the contractor, such as for defective performance, or they can be terminated for convenience, terminating the agreement at will provided it is not done in bad faith. Get out of my building like now! Get out! That may be something you want to make sure is addressed in your contract because there needs to be specific language that says, hey, if you found a defect or you have a reason that you are unhappy with our performance, then this is how you notify us typically X number of days in written form. And then we have X number of days to come up with a remedial plan that is agreeable and then address that. And if it still can't be resolved or if the parties can't come to agreement, then you have how further settlements. One of the most important things you can do to set up a good foundation is if this breaks down, how are we going to do that with the least amount of collateral damage? What can we agree to up front that this is how we will dissolve this? I hate goodbyes. So that's for cause. If, if the customer is going to terminate the contract for cause, this is the process. You know, they believe there's something wrong. We want to make sure we first have first rights to try to remedy that and, and make it right. And if you don't allow us to make it right, that can be, which is interesting in this case, one of the grounds for it to say, no, this was no longer for cause. This is now for convenience. I don't have a reason that I want to kick you off the job. I just want you off the job. What is going on? So in our contract, we've spelled that out. Termination of contract for convenience follows this process. What are you doing? In this particular case, a couple of things. Remember this for cause or convenience, but also the plain and ordinary meaning. This case also seems to bring a highlight to the article I found. I'll, I'll post it on our blog. When it comes to contracts, like courts and other just jurisdictions, enforce them according to their plain and ordinary meaning. So it emphasizes when the contract's terms are clear, the court will enforce it as written. So it's important. Can a normal person read this contract and say, oh, okay, this means this, this is what we do. We want to give a huge shout out to the sponsors of the Diojo podcast. Those organizations also committed helping you shorten your dang learning curve. First off is the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification. You know them industry-wide, CIICRC. You want full access to all IICRC standards from any device, at any time, and in any place? Get a standard subscription for about 50 cents a day. Visit IICRC.org today. 
also Advocate Claim Service LLC, was founded to provide policyholders, brokers, and attorneys with a dedicated claim professional to develop a comprehensive claim presentation strategy. Can I talk to David Princeton? You got him. While ACS does not sell insurance, they make it work. If I want to take the anxiety out of my claim, who should I call? Advocate Claim Service. Advocate Claim Service. ACS's principal consultant, David Princeton, a friend of the show, has resolved disputed claims resulting in tremendous results and also contributes to CNR Magazine's column, Dear David. We're also sponsored by book number four from John Isaacson. The suck less at estimating this for better project outcomes. <laughs> Available now as a bestseller through Amazon. David, we, we, we've got a problem over here. To the Diojo podcast, iz at thediojo.com if you're interested in sponsoring or advertising on this show. <laughs> I don't know David. what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? The Diojo podcast. podcast. The article says a termination for convenience would entitle the contractor to greater damages than if it was terminated for cause because under the party's agreement, a contractor terminated for convenience was entitled to be paid for all actual work it performed until the date of termination. So the city terminated the contract claiming it was because of the contractor's alleged breach of the agreement. However, after a non-jury trial, the trial judge ruled that the termination was not for cause. Yes! Yes! Which converted the city's termination to one for convenience. Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? And the Supreme Court of Washington ultimately affirmed that decision. In reaching this conclusion, the court looked at the language of the contract. According to the court, the contract allowed termination based on defective work only if the contractor neglects or refuses to correct rejected work. The agreement further provided that upon 15 days written notice, the contractor had to remedy the work to the satisfaction of the city. At trial, this is key, so knowing what's in the contract or just in general documenting conversations that you're having, documenting the agreements, documenting the workflow. You know, I met with X representative on this date. This is what we discussed. I sent them a follow-up email. Hey, just confirming what we discussed, please confirm. So at trial, the contractor established that it took steps to remedy the alleged defaults and reached out to the city to determine if the corrective efforts were sufficient. Uh-oh. The city, however, refused to meet with the contractor. The trial judge therefore found that the contractor was not neglecting or refusing to correct the defect and that the city's failure and refusal to meet with the contractor to discuss the remedial actions was unreasonable or made in bad faith, which had the effect of making the termination one for convenience rather than one for cause. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! And the court stated, our decision is thereby bound by the terms of the contract. Let's check back in with Bebo Crane on his thoughts as it relates to contract language. So you've got to adapt your uh, situation, you know, you're, for each project has different amounts of risks and the protections depend on the amount of risk. I recommend getting a lawyer that is would work with you, sit down with you maybe like this, and you could write out your things that you have done wrong <laughs> and those are your risks and yeah. basically list those out. And as they come, you know, that contract can be an evolving contract as you obtain more situations that you feel you might be entering risky and learn how to hedge that risk with your contract and your disclosures that you make. 
a couple of key elements in place. There's a written agreement agreed to by both parties signed off on. There was a uh, disagreement that the contractor attempted to make a good faith effort towards addressing and that contractor documented their process all the way through sufficient enough that it held up in court to show they were within the terms of the agreement that existed. This isn't, unfortunately, in contrast to the case that we're reviewing where it does not appear there was a clear agreement in place and unfortunately, even more so, it sounds like there's no documentation to where uh, it made it glaringly clear what they had done, what they were charging for, and um, enabled the courts or the other parties involved to say, we don't want to mess with this. The ASD says, uh, you know, they would pay more, they need more documentation, and it appears they asked for that early on. Because one of the news clips, it's like, it's asked for documentation that RJ says doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Uh-oh. <laughs> These are things that we monitor daily. 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 The Diojo podcast, we are helping contractors shorten their dang learning curve. Uh-oh. <laughs> The customer comes to the contractor with the defect issue, defective issue. Upon 15 days written notice, the contractor had to remedy the work to the satisfaction of the city. Written notice, it has to be in writing. The written notice stipulating, hey, you've done these things wrong. We want you to fix them. Contractor says, we address those things, called for a follow-up meeting and walkthrough with the customer. We have documented all the attempts to meet with the client. The client refused on this date, this date, this date, did not respond to our emails, did not respond to our calls because we understand the the language of the contract because we did the right thing, followed through with the remedial action and documented our processes. Now the court says this is no longer a default issue. This is not termination for cause because the contractor addressed that. You refused to meet with them, do the punch list, walk through and confirm. The language of this contract was uh, dictated by the city. You know, often is the case in government work, the government entity says this is, you know, the terms of the what you're bidding on. This is the terms of the agreement. You sign them with some back and forth. So the contractors should therefore carefully read their agreements, especially when the agreement is drafted by the other party to the contract and understand all of its terms before signing. Then, if the dispute arises, the contractor can use the plain language of the contract to argue in support of its position in the dispute. The contractor did what they were contractually obligated to in the event of being made aware of a default and then sued using the language of the customer's contract to support, hey, we did what we agreed to. Here's the proof. Here's the documentation. Excited to announce that our best-selling book, How to Suck Less at Estimating, Habits for Better Project Outcomes by John Isaacson, The Intentional Restorer, is now available. This is a full color. It's got diagrams. This book is also a course available online through our friends at Restoration Technical Institute, rtilearning.com. This course has six modules, which reflect the six chapters in this book. If you sign up for the course, you get a free PDF copy that is designed to correspond with the course. How to suck less at estimating. This book is available on Amazon. It's true. I was talking to some industry professionals earlier this week about creating content. And there's several of you I talked to that have the content either ready to upload uh, articles, maybe books, 
videos, podcasts, and you're ready to hit send, but for whatever reason, you are not. So what I'd like to relate to you, it's a little piece of the story that I shared called Creating Impactful Content, uh, which has been published through Property Casualty 360, is a story that Rachel Stewart, if you have not read her book yet, um, Unqualified Success, it's one of the best in the, I would say, self-help category just across the board, but so happy to report that it's from our industry. And a call I had to her, my first book may not have happened or would have taken a lot longer to happen. I was talking to her after reading your book and saying, I just don't know if I have unique content to share. And paraphrasing, she said, there is no unique or new content, but there's your unique experiences and approach and applications of those content or principles. And that was very freeing. Um, to say, okay, what is impactful about my story is exactly that. That's my story. These are things, issues I've faced, creative solutions that we've come up with in our teams and how we've seen them either just flame out and fail or make a positive impact in our company, in our business. And so that's the key to good, impactful content is, um, and it seems to be from the feedback we're getting, people enjoy hearing other people's stories, you know, somebody else who's been there, done that, experienced it, and and lived to tell about it. We want to shorten our dang learning curve, but there's no replacing it. Reach outside of social media, find individuals who excel in their space and make sure that you learn as much as you possibly can from these individuals who are not trying to make money off of you and truly want to be your mentors. Because I see more mentors in our industry right now that want to make money off of everybody who's green than I do any individuals who are just willing to help. And to me, that's sad because I came up in this industry where there were people who would answer their phone, give me the advice that I need, and it was free. But right now, it's it's a weird world. There's a lot of people, though, that can really help you to be the best in the industry. Reach inside the industry for those people when it comes to contracts, when it comes to business, when it comes to all these other things. Get as far outside of this industry's mindset as you can and start attacking it as a professional. Like, for instance, we are a specialized trade in the construction industry. Yeah. We all should act like contractors. Yes. And we should be professional in our state as our state regulates us too. And we should utilize everything that is in our power in order to protect ourselves from a customer screwing us over. And at no point in time should we use these shortcuts in order to gain success because I can guarantee every single person the long road is worth it every single time versus the shortcuts and learn from my mistakes. Thank you, Whitney Wiseman, for giving your input on how contractors can shorten, not shortcut, their dang learning curve. Uh, Take a peek at that article, Creating Impactful Content in Property Casualty 360. And if you've got something in your craw, hit send. Just go ahead and send it. Send it to that trade magazine. Send it. uh, Upload it to YouTube. uh, Get it on the podcast platforms. Um, There's plenty to share, and as long as it's coming from your unique perspective, it's going to be inherently unique as compared to what other people are doing. Don't overanalyze it or let it hold you back from getting it out there. What would you say you do here? It's infotainment. 
Bebo Crane out of Jonesboro, Arkansas, joined us for the first breakdown of this RJC versus AISD case. This is the video that RJ Construction put out that had the most traction. Sick hired my company, RJ Construction, on an emergency basis to repair catastrophic damage to Sam Houston High School caused by winter storm Uri last February. Anything come to mind just looking at this video? I would never make a video like that <laughs> if I was in a situation where I was going to go to court. Yeah. Or anything like that. That's a no-no, I think, to put that out there. Five vendors were hired to help dry out flooded schools and perform other necessary services to get students and staff back in their buildings. All other vendors had their invoices reviewed and approved by the adjuster and have been paid in full. Ooh. including the other vendors who worked at Sam Houston High. Not only, according to ISD, <laughs> were they not the only contractor, they weren't the only contractor working at that particular school. The difference is there, too, with the communication with the board or whatever, or why, why they chose not to pay our district. So we have quite a contrast between two litigation scenarios. Conway Construction Company versus the city of Puyallup here in Washington, where the contractor was able to understand the language of the agreement, the clear agreement that they had in place, the terms of the agreement if it fell apart or needed to be terminated, and they had the documentation to support what they had done. The prior case that we have been talking about and will continue to talk about, Robert Jordan Construction versus is the Arlington Independent School District. Some of the big misses there seem to be the lack of a clear agreement in place as well as the lack of documentation to support the work that was completed or additional billing to get it up to where they believe it should have been. We will entertain you whilst we also inform you. An audio visual experience like no other. Are you not entertained? These are what we call lessons learned or teachable moments. And if you would like to be in person with people that are experts in the industry, that uh, have years and years of experience and are sharing their stories, in January, the Diojo is traveling to Naples, Florida, which is supposed to be a beautiful time of year to be down there. Come here and have a lot of fun and gain some education. It's science. It's going to be a very multidisciplinary audience. The week of the 23rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. In today's world, it's scientific. Great networking, great content. The Andy S. Building Science Symposium, aka the 2023 winter break. Winter break. Especially in the winter. In Naples, Florida. Because we don't have winter, we have summer. We're there. <laughs> Remember what they say, baby. Winter break. Be there or be square. Uh, January 23rd, we're going to have a meet and greet kickoff party for the Andrew Ask Building Science Symposium, aka Winter Break 2023. That Tuesday and Wednesday is loaded with building science experts, a four-person pioneers of building science panel that will likely never be repeated. And then the following day, uh, Pete Consigli, the Global Restoration Watchdog, and the Diojo are putting on a Lessons Learned from Storm Response and Hurricane Recovery workshop that will be available in person for those that stay over from Andrew Ask as well as um, an online uh, application. You might say that we are annoying but helpful. You can't say you weren't informed or entertained. Is this not why you are here? The Diojo Podcast. Our motto here at the Diojo Podcast is helping contractors shorten 
their dang learning curve. Uh, hopefully these two cases help you to do that. Continue listening, like, subscribe, share, do all the cool things. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.